Welcome. It's time to elevate your consciousness and tune in. This is Mastermind with your host, Dr. Rebecca. This show is about possibilities. If you're successful, ready, and highly motivated to make the necessary changes in your life, we'll provide the tools, direction, and encouragement to help you along the way. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca. Welcome back to Mastermind, where we always challenge you to be your best, do your best, and have the best you possibly can for your life and also the lives of those you love. How good is your memory? What do you remember best? Numbers, names and faces, events? Do you feel as if age plays a factor in your memory? Do you have the expectation that as you gain more years, you lose memory? After today's show and from now on, you will see your mind in a different way. I have with me Dr. Marie Kay, 72-year-old memory athlete. EMK PhD is a baby boomer, a grandmother, a teacher, a lifelong learner, and a passionate advocate for the prevention of Alzheimer's. At age 70, she became the oldest person to ever compete in the USA Memory Championship and earned the title of Memory Athlete. She undertook this personal challenge to show that age is not a barrier to better brain performance or to the achievement of new challenges in general. Kay has successfully completed an educational journey, which includes a Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Education, a Master's, and a PhD, which she got in her late 60s. She has currently started on a new educational path, which began at Harvard, focused on applied neuroscience and brain optimization through lifestyle modification. Dr. K began as a classroom teacher. She served later as a professor, creating leadership courses and lecturing on digital technology for nonprofit organizations, educational institutions, and megachurches. She has provided a wide variety of educational services, such as speaking workshops and consulting to many organizations, including L'Oreal, Blue Cross Blue Shield, PBS, Warner Brothers, and the American Marketing Association. And she is a member of the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, AARP, the International Mind, Brain, and Education Society, the Society for Human Resource Management, and is an Alzheimer's Associate, Association advocate. Dr. Marie Kay, welcome to Mastermind. Thank you, Dr. Rebecca. I'm delighted mm-hmm. to be here and honored to be asked. Yes, I am so excited to have you here. And I have to say, inquiring minds want to know, how in the world did you decide to become a memory athlete? Um, The cheesecake made me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we know that all good decisions start with cheesecake? (laughs) I have to agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, I was in my late 60s and I was at a, a family birthday. And I don't know how other people are. I think maybe it's different for men, perhaps, maybe for others. But when I, tur- when I turned 60, it's, it's as though I suddenly became invisible. Hmm. Um, nothing, I mean, people didn't seek out my input anymore, my advice. I mean, one day I was 59 and I was still part of the conversation. <laughs> and the next day I was 60 and it was like I suddenly became somebody different. Hmm. And um, if anybody has had that experience, I'd love to hear about it. I know a lot of people have shared with me that they felt exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that I was going to do something you know, outrageous. And ah, that morning, <laughs> that morning, <laughs> I was going to prove to people that I ah. still had what it took, you yeah. know, even though I, I went on to do a doctorate and everything else in my 60s, there was still that, you know, um, the persona shifted anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <laughs> so that morning uh, across my feed came an announcement about the USA memory championship and I read it and I blurted out, I was having, you know, my birthday cheesecake and of course my birthday glass of wine, which probably <laughs> had something else to yes, do with it. it. And I blurted out to my whole family that I was going to enter the USA memory competition and become a memory Uh, um, a mental athlete is what they're called. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody smiled and they said, oh, that's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Added you on your back. I was like, here's another one of these, you know. Uh, Well, the next morning I woke up, you know, 
you know, my sugar high was gone. Uh-huh. Uh, I was slightly hungover. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I thought, okay, um, what did I say? And <laughs> can uh-huh. I get out of it? <laughs> Gracefully. <laughs> now, you know, I decided that it was a good idea and I was going to pursue it. I was going to go for it. I had no idea, no idea what was involved. And mm-hmm. well, there's a lot involved. But I also had no idea how that one decision that I made at the age of, I was 69 at the time, would completely change my life, mm-hmm. a complete 180. And um, it took me to Harvard. Uh, it introduced me to a four-time USA Memory Champion. Uh, it got me to write a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, a lot of things changed for me when I decided to take that which was, I guess, at that time, could have been a big risk, laughable, really unachievable. So, Seemingly unachievable. Seemingly unachievable, yes. <laughs> now, not so much. Yeah, it turns out not to have been such a crazy, wacky idea after all. <laughs> yeah. So, you, so what events did you train for? How did this take place? What were you at? Well, um, I, the first thing I did was I contacted the organizers because I looked on their website and I realized that I was clearly the oldest person who had ever competed. <laughs> and so I contacted them and I said, look, you know, would you even accept me as a competitor? And they were all over it. They were oh, very yeah. excited. You know, they said, absolutely. First of all, very few women compete in memory championships. And second of all, I was clearly the oldest, but I mean, seriously, the oldest I was, and I, the first competition I participated in was last year at the age of 70. I was clearly 25, 30, 50 years younger, Mm -hmm. uh, older. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I felt younger, years older than some of the competitors. And they said, yeah, bring it on. We would love to have you. So uh, that was when my training began. And there are four events in this competition. And uh, one is to memorize um, a deck of cards, which is then reshuffled, and you have to put them back in the Mm -hmm. order in which you memorize them. Uh, The other is to memorize as many digits, uh, up to 100 possibly or more, uh, that were presented to you in random order, and you have to reproduce those in the exact order in which they were presented. Another event is to memorize um, a poem that you have never seen before. It's like an original poem, uh, complete with punctuation. And um, the fourth and last event is uh, called Names and Faces, where you're given a sheet of paper with about 12 faces with names underneath them. And the, uh, then, then that's taken away after a few minutes, and the, the pictures are all changed, and the names are taken away. And you have to then, you know, who was, what's the name of this person and that person and so on. So there were four mm-hmm. qualifying events. Okay. And these are all timed events, correct? They're all timed, yes. Um, I think you get 15 minutes to memorize and then five minutes to reproduce. Um, It became clear to me that I needed a little help. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I contacted the organization again, and they put me on to a wonderful man who's a professor of um, computer science at Miami University and also the four-time USA memory champion. And I spoke to him and I said, this this is what I want to do. He said, no problem. He explained everything to me, gave me some, you know, tips. We were talking about mnemonics, which are Mm -hmm. the strategies that you would use to remember things a little more easily. And he said, now go away and do everything I told you to do. And when you've done it, come back. Now, I do think it's important to tell the specific assignment that he gave you because it's... Well, okay, the specific assignments are these, that in order to memorize, um, say, a number, you have to assign that number um, an image, a, a person, and then you have to assign that number a verb, an action word, and then you have to assign to that number an object, so one number um, becomes, has three words attached to it. The point is that our brain memorizes 
and the wackier the better. Our brain really remembers wacky things, odd things, way better than it remembers just numbers. Right. So you have to turn it into very vibrant images. Um, for example, my number 99 became, uh, and the letter 9 in mnemonics in this particular system, which is the Dominic system that I used, 9 uh, becomes the letter N. So I had to come up with a first and last name for 99, an ob- a verb and an object. So my 99 became Nick Nolte. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the verb became uh, fishing, and the um, the object became shrimp because I remembered him in a movie where he he was living on the on the uh, you know Carolina banks and so mm-hmm. on. So you but you have to do that for one hundred numbers. So I'm thinking about this and I'm going, what have I done? Yeah, I have to remember one hundred numbers, but now I have to remember three hundred things to remember the one hundred <laughs> and that's only the numbers. Then you have to do the same thing for playing cards. Like for example, um, you have to assign an image, a verb, and an object to each card. So, for example, the Queen of Hearts became my beautiful granddaughter Annabelle, and the action was she was hugging, uh, and she has a pet you know, dog, a stuffed dog called Pinky. So I, it was Annabelle hugging Pinky. Well, the goal for doing it, so that was another 150. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember these things. I suddenly I have to memorize 500 more things that I didn't know. So the point of this is that you begin to put these together in sets of three. So when you are given three numbers that you see, like uh, 99, 54, and 61, the 99 becomes the name of the person, the 54 becomes the verb attached to 54, and the, um, the, the third one uses the object. So you're able in this way to memorize three cards very quickly. By making up I mean, crazy, crazy, outrageous correct. stories. Yes, it sounds yeah. very complicated and it's, it's very time consuming. So I called um, my coach back uh, three and a half months later <laughs> mm-hmm. and I said, okay, I did it. I have now memorized, I know how to memorize 100 numbers and 52 playing cards and all of this other stuff. And he said, wow. He said, so many people call me for coaching and you're one of the few that actually finished the assignment. So he worked with me a little bit. but And then I just trained. It's just training like anything else. Every day I trained. I trained really around in the morning because our brain is fresher, especially if you're older, it's easier uh, in the morning and sort of then mid-afternoon. Okay. And um, that's that's sort of how I did it. And once I was committed, I mean, there was no going back, you know. <laughs> right. You know, you've already told your family, you've already started to, you already memorized a hundred or so, you know, things. Yeah. So, so, so there are people listening now, so they've already decided that there's, this is nothing that they can do and that's fine, but there is something that they can do. There's something that they want to do that they are talking themselves out of, whatever that might be. Well, Rebecca, I think that, um, and and I agree. I I mean, I was competing against uh, champions. And I mean, the current world champion is an American uh, who can memorize a deck of cards in 14 seconds. I mean, I can't even open a deck of cards in 14 (laughs) seconds. So no, that is not why um, I did it. Okay, I mean, it was a challenge for me. But what happened was, as I was trying to learn all the stuff that they were telling me, which was very new to me, I realized that not only did I have to learn the mnemonics, the techniques for this, but I had to, I had to have an edge. I mean, I have a 70-year-old yes. brain. So uh, that's when I got very interested in the whole concept of learning, and learning took me into neuroscience and neuroscience took me into a very deep dive into the neuroscience of learning and memory um, at Harvard. And uh, that really changed my life Mm -hmm. because I started to understand how to protect my own brain and how to um, optimize 
everything in my life mm. to support my cognitive functions, not just the memory, but all of them. And that to me was the beginning really of an exciting journey. So it just broadened everything for me. Just opened up. It's like your whole world opened up, just this small decision and staying true to that decision changed everything for you. Exactly. I mean, had I not decided to enter the memory competition, it never in a million years would have occurred to me that I could go to Harvard. I mean, Mm. it was just so completely, um, I wasn't even, I didn't even have the confidence, you know? Uh, So it was, yeah, it, stretching yourself and it doesn't have to be something like a memory competition but challenging yourself at any age but especially as you get older um it really opens up amazing opportunities that you don't even know are there yes and we'll hear he'll hear more about that we'll pause here after the break we will dive into marie's exciting project the great memory challenge Stay tuned. You're listening to Mastermind. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Mastermind with Dr. Rebecca. To reach out to us during the live show, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine five. Again, that's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine five. Or you can send an email to Dr. Huey at lifthealing.com. Now back to Mastermind. And we are back. This is Mastermind. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca, and I'm here with the country's most senior mental athlete, Dr. Marie Kay. Is that, is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Kay, you just launched a really important project. Can you tell us more about it? Uh, yes. Um, I'm very excited to announce it literally just launched um, a new uh, project, a website actually called The Great Memory Challenge. And it's really more about applied neuroscience. As I was training for this memory competition and after attending um, Harvard, I realized that there were lifestyle changes that I could make, simple, simple, proactive lifestyle changes that I could make that would help me function cognitively, be much sharper, have better focus, concentration, creativity, Uh, learning ability would go up. And also, of course, my memory, which started this whole (laughs) journey in the first place. (laughs) um, And also, you know, at at the age of 70, I'm becoming more and more aware that Alzheimer's is a, I mean, it's a tsunami waiting to happen, Uh, not just for uh, seniors now, but for the whole, my whole generation of baby boomers and Gen Xers coming up immediately behind us. And, um, 
the large pharmaceutical companies um, have by and large uh, opted out or have abandoned, maybe even temporarily, I hope, uh, the search for a pharmaceutical intervention for Alzheimer's. So there isn't a pill that you can take right now, and it doesn't look like there will be one anytime in the future, in the near future. However, there is plenty of new and very hopeful evidence that lifestyle changes and not pills may in fact save our memories and our brains. Um, mm. There's a new, um, a recent, an article in the journal Current Directions in Psychological Science described a new field called health neuroscience, which is uh, an emerging field and it's dedicated to exploring how our brain may be linked to the health of our body and vice versa. So we're looking at lifestyle changes that we can make like right now, today, right. today, um, that will, that will really help. Um, so that was a, a huge factor for me. And I think that really put me over the edge. It made me, it leveled the playing field. I might've been 70, but my brain mm-hmm. sure wasn't. Right. And I don't know uh, how much energy or effort, I'm sure there, there is some energy or effort that everybody has to put in um, when they're training to maximize their, their memory, but I'm not sure that everyone did it to the extent that you did. Well, you know, it's true. Uh, these mental athletes who, who participate in the USA Memory Championship or in any of the international competitions are real athletes. I mean, it's, it, they're like the Olympians, okay, mm-hmm. of memory. Not everybody, including me, uh, wants to train for the Olympics. Um, I trained uh, just, you know, just to prove that I could do something like right. this. But also, the good news is, um, I said I didn't want to come in last. I knew I wasn't going to come in first, but I want, and I didn't. I came in third from the bottom. Yay me! Yes. <laughs> so you over, you over, even overshot. I shot. You weren't I even second to last. But so I had, I reached that goal too. So it was really for me. It was about setting a goal and reaching a goal, and the stuff that I learned along the way has changed my life, and it's changed the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. Let me explain. The um, when you go to the GreatMemoryChallenge.com, um, a lot of the books and uh, research is maybe a little technical or maybe a little. Uh, hard for people to uh, to read. They're large books and so on. What I've decided to do is really, I'm a, in fact a translational writer. So I take complicated concepts and kind of make them fun and actually applicable. Yes. So everything on that site is very neuroscience based. There's science for it, but it's a little more fun and, and one little thing at a time. For example, if you go to the site, you can download a very simple download that says how to remember where you left your keys. Now, that's a real problem, right? <laughs> that people have every day. Where did I leave my keys? Uh, there's another one on there that says how to remember where you parked the car. <laughs> we do this every single day. So where's I heard the car? Never happened okay. to me before. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's that was my goal, and uh, I have a whole. That was that's my goal to create these very fast, simple, fun things that use not only the science of mnemonics and memory, but also uh, tap into the newest research uh, in the whole field of neuroscience and and make it kind of lighthearted and fun too. Right. So. Yeah, and I like that. And a lot of people like it. They do want to know, they want the practical tips, but then they also want to know why does this work? Yes. And, yeah. Of course. Why why does this work? But not um, from a 200 page book, maybe just like a website that's good at explaining it quickly. Well, yes. <laughs> and, you know, given today the way we learn uh, yeah. digitally, it, it, people just don't have the time or the temperament anymore, mm-hmm. really, to do a lot of deep reading, uh, you know, for two or 300 pages. They, you know, they want to have, they have a problem, they want it solved. Boom. Right. <laughs> so, um, but the good news is that we can, in fact, protect our memory. Um, we can not only enhance it and improve it, we can also improve our brain through a process called neuroplasticity. Our brain is ever-changing. We can change our brain. Uh, We can create more connections, and the more connections you create, 
the more effective and the stronger your cognitive functions um, are. So it's really right. about making as many roads uh, in your, I kind of use the, the uh, image of roads, as many roads as possible so that if something happens to one of your highways, you've got a bunch of detours you can use. Right. Right. And the more connections, which, you know, between the, the nerve cells in your brain called synapses, the more connections and the more extensive the connections, the more details or details, detours you would have in the case that main highway was blocked or you couldn't use it for some reason. Exactly. And um, so, and what we have a sort of proof of concept of that. Um, the nun, there's a famous study called the nuns study. And um, it, there's an interesting article uh, about how it actually all worked in the Gerontological Society of America and the gerontologist. And they talk about a Sister Mary, <laughs> who is the sort of poster the girl, if you will, for how you yourself can um, change or function cognitively very well, even when you have, uh, the, even when your brain presents with uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm-hmm. And there's one little uh, segment here. Uh, hold on. I had it here. So it says, although Sister Mary was not the first to live to a very old age with intact cognitive function, she have she may have been the first on record to do so in the president in the presence of abundant Alzheimer's disease lesions. Mm-hmm. So here is a woman who she died at the age of 101 full cognitive functions and then some, and yet she had Alzheimer's. So what this um, science says to people is that there are things we can do to help protect ourselves from from a terrible, um, from really losing ourselves. When you lose your memory, you're, you've lost yourself right. Right, in many ways. And very important to emphasize, too, that Alzheimer's is not necessarily the end of your memory or the end of you because this woman had Alzheimer's and she had full cognitive function. So Alzheimer's is the diagnosis. And, you know, when they do autopsies, they could tell that she had Alzheimer's, but you would never have been able to, to tell it by how she acted or what she did or how she lived her life because of these lifestyle factors and interventions that she lived. Well, you know, and the thing to remember is that Alzheimer's is not kind to women women are at a much higher risk than men. And um, we're we're looking at right now, there are 3.8 million women with Alzheimer's in the United States. Mm, That's 10 times the number of women who were diagnosed with, of course, another tragic and horrible uh, uh, thing, which is breast cancer. Mm -hmm. But when you put the two together, we're looking at, uh, seriously, an epidemic facing us here. Yeah. So it's really important then that, so in this project, in this website, and your mission, basically, uh, is to show people um, that they can change this and that they can alter the course of their lives going forward. Yes, I firmly believe that, and science is now starting to support that as well. I mean, I follow, I'm, science came first, I don't want to say that. <laughs> but it's actually true. The whole field of neuroscience is very exciting, and every day there are amazing studies that come out from very reputable universities and research centers showing that there are things that we as individuals can actually do to help um, protect our brain from risk factors and enhance protective factors and, and, um, and, and really do positive things to keep our brain uh, optimized in all, for all cognitive functions. Right. And you, and you mentioned this field, this emerging field called health neuroscience. Um, and I know you mentioned before that there are several fields that are converging in order to 
address this issue of memory and of uh, cognitive decline. Yes, it's a wonderful and exciting collaboration uh, among scientists. We have neuroscientists, we have psychologists, we have um, nutritionists, we have exercise physiologists. I mean, it's just um, a very amazing collaboration that is just breaking ground and helping you and me, regular people, um, Mm. to live sort of healthier, happier, fuller lives. The reason why I like this is because there are, we tend to categorize things. We tend to say, you know, I, even with the body, you know, this, when when people exercise, um, you know, I'm going to exercise my arms today. I'm going to exercise my legs today. I'm going to do abs. I'm going to do core. I'm going to, you know, do this and that. And the, the body and brain function is one. So, in order to really study the brain, like you mentioned earlier, you have to or optimize brain function. You have to optimize the whole body as a whole, and then and opti- and able to uh, optimize the body. You really do have to optimize the function of the brain. The two go together, and we are not just individual parts. We're a whole organism, a whole being, and not only with you know brain function. The other things that we talk about on this show, you know, um, you know, intuition. Um, mental health, uh, spiritual health, all these things go together to make a whole person. Exactly. Exactly. So when we, um, when we talk about practical tips, and I know this is, this is on your website, uh, The Great Memory Challenge, we talk about uh, practical tips, and we'll get into this a little bit more after the break, but these are things that you actually, so these are vetted. These are things that you actually did in order to help optimize your functioning for the memory training, correct? Yes. And there are, I've, I've kind of segmented them a little bit. There are um, six areas that I really focused on that my research uh, in training for this sort of brought to light. I, I, I'm an organizer, so I like mm-hmm. to organize these things. The first thing you can, the first big category was actually learning. Um, When you keep learning new things all the time, you're really helping uh, to build those brain connections, create those brain connections. So learning is very important. Never stop learning new things, challenging yourself. And this Uh, might seem a strange question, but what do you mean by learning? Because um, is it is it studying the same stuff over and over again? Is it no? It's, it's okay. learning something new. Okay, something that is outside of your comfort zone, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you if you if you keep doing the same thing over and over, that's not new learning. Our brain loves novelty. It loves challenge. It loves the unexpected, mm-hmm. uh, and and so. Uh, Learn something new, something different. And I, I can go through some examples um, later on. But the next thing that I discovered was nutrition plays a significant role in, in optimizing brain function. So that's another lifestyle that you can look at and look at your nutrition and say, how can I add or subtract <laughs> things from my nutritional profile that will help my, my brain. Uh, fitness is another is the next category. Uh, sleep is a huge category when it comes to um, brain performance and, and brain health, as it is for our body as well. Um, your actual physical space, your environment, this one surprised me a little bit, but uh, how you've organized your environment, your workspace, your office, your home uh, can have an impact as well. And the final sixth one is social. Uh, uh, having a healthy in, in, social life where you interact with people uh, and are connected to people is also very, very important. So those are the six things, learning, nutrition, fitness, sleep, space, and social. Social is important. I tell people, and there are tons of studies to show this too, for cardiovascular health, that social connection. So having good, healthy relationships, being connected to the people around you actually improves, uh, contributes to improved longevity and um, improved cardiovascular health. So it makes sense that that would also, because everything is connected, be excellent for the health of the brain as well. 
Yes, and you just exactly said it. Um, it, it we are, it's all connected. You know? yeah. And if you keep, well, they say what's good for the heart is good for the brain. Yes. And uh, so if you sort of look at your, I don't know about you, but I went for practically 70 years, never paid the slightest bit of attention to my brain. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think about it. The only time I noticed my brain is when I got a headache and I popped an aspirin and there it was, right? Right. I never really considered the power, the majesty, the absolute mm-hmm. phenomenal ability of this organ. Yeah. Never occurred to me. And I, I'm totally in awe, seriously. Totally in awe. Yeah, I like that word, the majesty. We do. We go around and we don't think, which is we think with our brains, but we don't think about our brains and we don't think about the contribution our brains have to our lives in general. And but it's just it's awesome to discover that and to work with it and to realize that we can train it to do so, so much more than we actually do. Um, and, and it's empowering, too. Like you said, when, once you learn this and you learn what your brain can do, it just opens up so many different opportunities for improvement, for, you know, career, if you want to be a teacher, if you want to have a new career or even opt, I would guess, you know, changes relationships with family, with with loved ones. Once you feel more empowered and feel more confident, that changes all kinds of things for you. Yes, and I think, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's this three-pound cauliflower, crooked cauliflower-looking right. that I guess if you poke it with your finger, they say it has the consistency of like yogurt and not even Greek yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> and yet it manages everything, everything about everything. us, everything. Yeah. So we are going to pause here for another break. When you come back, please bring something to write with or take notes on your phone or find some way to get this information in. It's excellent. Dr. K will be giving us a, um, some practical memory tips, the same ones that she used to train to become a mental athlete. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mastermind. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim? For Grow Your Influence Tree, Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Mastermind with Dr. Rebecca. To reach out to us during the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to Dr. Huey at lifthealing.com. Now, back to Mastermind. And we are back talking to Dr. Marie Kay, a mental athlete and champion of all things memory. Before the break, we discussed the science behind memory training and memory improvement and cognitive improvement in general. I hope you brought paper and pen or your phone to take notes because now it's time to talk practical tips. So these are things that you can do today to change the entire landscape of your brain. You will leave this show changed forever. That's always my goal, of course. And before the break, we we just mentioned the six areas. 
um, that that are important. So we'll get right into that now, Dr. Marie. Uh, okay, well, the first thing I realized was that in order for me to allow my brain to learn something new and, and take this huge risk, I mean, I've gone public with this, right, yeah. <laughs> um, was to uh, really take a look at myself. And the first thing I learned was I had to show myself a concept that was very difficult for me and maybe for a lot of other people is self-compassion. I had to stop beating myself up about all the bad choices I'd made, the damage I'd been causing my body and my brain. I really had to forgive myself for everything and kind of start fresh. And that was one of the hardest and first things that I learned. Believe me, that was harder than learning to memorize 52 parts. (laughs) It is hard. People struggle their whole lives. It was very hard. It felt a little awkward at first, but... Eventually, I got better at it, and it was a wonderful sort of um, freeing feeling. The second thing I learned I had to teach myself was a concept that I learned at Harvard called uh, self-efficacy. Mm-hmm. And self-efficacy is not just self-confidence. It's way more than self-confidence. Self-confidence is sort of the basic level, but self-efficacy means that you have to develop some very serious self-confidence in your ability to reach the goals you set. Mm-hmm. You have to believe it's a belief about your capability to attain the objectives you set for yourself. And function effectively even in challenging situations and, you know, having the conviction that you can and will develop whatever skills you don't have now, but you'll need to accomplish your goal. And that's a very exciting thing to learn. That there is nothing you can't do, really. I mean, obviously, there are short things, things that you physically or whatever can't do. But you can set a goal and you can learn what you need to get to that goal. That was huge for me, huge. And the third big thing, brain thing that I learned was the power of visualization. Mm-hmm. Now, I, when I was, you know, growing up, visualization was like this, you know, the power of positive thinking. It was, you know, you know, see it and it will happen like that. But recently, um, Harvard studies actually have proven the power of visualization. Um, there, were, there were two Harvard studies that show how it actually works and that it does work so that if you imagine something, you can actually help yourself to make it happen. Uh, the first experiment at Harvard involved two groups of participants and pianos. <laughs> pianos, I love it. Um, the first group uh, was given a simple five-finger scale to play every day for five days on a real piano. The second group was given the same exercise, but instead of a real piano, they were instructed to play an imaginary one. Mm-hmm. The results were amazing. The part of the brain which controlled finger movements in both groups had increased in size. So both groups experienced this brain region growth and it didn't seem to matter to their brain whether it was playing a real piano or an imaginary one. Right. The real magic happens in the mind before it happens out here. Exactly right. So those three things, self-compassion, self-efficacy, and visualization really were the learning, the the huge, uh, you know, neuroscience learning lessons that took me um, on this that, that, that I carried with me on this journey. Um, now, in the area of nutrition, that was really a lot of fun. <laughs> That's something that you can find. I mean, you can do neuronutrition in your grocery store. How fun is that, right? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I did was I added a, a daily serving of brain berries. I call them brain berries. <laughs> Um, because uh, it really, berries are a great source of uh, several bioactive compounds, such as flavonoids, which can reduce uh, oxidative stress and inflammation. But they also offer um, a protection against loss of memory and could delay the onset of age-related neurodegenerative diseases. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first, blueberries. Blueberries have been found uh, to improve not only short-term memory loss, which is important, but also motor function, balance, coordination. Wow. Uh, 
uh, for example, strawberries um, contain a uh, compound called fisetin, which has been shown to reduce cognitive deterioration and inflammation, which is what we always want to control. Um, uh, raspberries uh, suggest that they can, uh, studies suggest they can boost neural activity, enhance cognition, and help increase blood flow. So I, you know, I added some brain berries. It was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that was one simple change that I made. Another change which really surprised me is there was a study that showed that Concord grape juice uh, has a very uh, positive effect on the improvement in memory tasks. Uh, So it apparently um, improved neuronal function, especially for people getting a little older. Mm -hmm. And in this particular study, participants who drank grape juice for 16 weeks showed improvement on memory tasks. So I simply switched out my morning OJ Every mm-hmm. once in a while, grape for juice. some for some uh, Concord grape juice. So that was something immediately easy, fun that I could do right away. So in the fitness area, <laughs> I <laughs> thought, oh my goodness. Okay, well the reality is it was very, it was very simple. All right, the first thing I did was I stood up. <laughs> okay, well, that can, that's easy to do. <laughs> okay. We can start with that today. <laughs> you can start with that. If you're sitting there listening to this program, stand up. Boom. You've already done something wonderful for your brain. <laughs> the next thing, which also surprised me, because it's hard, you know, to get to the gym. We were busy, you know. But the other thing, a study published in Neurology found that simply exerting yourself, even by doing simple household chores. Yeah was a brain plus. So, you know, wash the dishes by hand, take out the trash, not just all the bags at once, make several trips. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Do your own dusting, run the vacuum more often, uh, scrub out the tub, you know, all of these chores can produce brain benefits and really reduce the risk of Alzheimer's. And of course, there's a huge benefit. Your house is going to be sparkling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, which helps with the the one of the ones on your list. We'll get to that, the physical environment. So Exactly. <laughs> now, the next one is sleep. So I had no idea. I mean, I, I'm one of these people that, you know, prided myself on living on sleep fumes. You know, I was um, the person who ran around going, oh, no problem. I never sleep more than five hours. <laughs> not I, me. And I'm, then I'm, I'm reading this and I'm going, oh. What am I doing? <laughs> what have I done? Sleep is really critically important. Uh, what I learned for two reasons: one is that at the, first of all, the brain never sleeps; it doesn't sleep at night when we're supposed to be sleeping. It does its major housekeeping. It cleans out all the detritus and you know that accumulated during the day, mm-hmm. but it also consolidates short-term memory. In, and moves them into long-term memory storage, which is, you know, very important. Right. So uh, it improves learning. Um, it, it, I mean, it's just, it's probably one of the most important items that you can do for yourself is to improve the duration and quality of your sleep. A uh, couple of simple things that you could do that I wasn't aware of. Um, I learned that our brain likes it cool to sleep. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Temperatures should be somewhere between 60 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit in your sleep space, which I I didn't know. (laughs) Um, So I stood up and, you know, cranked down my thermostat. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Another simple thing you can do. Exactly. Um, There are a lot of other things, but um, one of the things that was really fun. Now, this is a very small study, so we're not sure if it has, you know, wide, but I liked it. It appealed to me. (laughs) There was a very small study um, that said that volunteers who ate two kiwi fruits before bed slept 13% longer. Interesting. Now, it it was very interesting. Um, They're not sure why. Maybe it's linked to antioxidants or serotonin, but I thought, wow, Kiwi, I can do that. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can manage that. <laughs> the other thing, of course, for sleep is to really have a blue light curfew. 
the any blue light in your yeah. in your sleep space, your phone, your laptop, it, the little blue light on your television, uh, on your bedroom TV, on your uh, alarm clock, any of those things, really need to be covered at night because they really do disrupt sleep patterns, not just preventing you from falling asleep, but interfering with your sleep overnight. So restorative sleep. Exactly. And there are many things like that. Um, Now, your space, that was a fun one too. Mm -hmm. That was totally fun. Uh, Hold on. I have my sleep here. I have, uh, whoops, space. Okay. Um, This was a a very easy one. Took me right back to high school science. Okay. Uh, Plants. We need to fill our house with more plants. Got that. Not, not the silk ones like I have. <laughs> the real living. <clears throat> real plants because they do help provide oxygen. And that helps our, I mean, our brain really needs a lot of oxygen, right? Uh, the other thing is, as I said earlier, our brain loves novelty. So it's important to change things up. So, for example, in your office, whatever is on the left side of your desk, move it to the right side. Mm -hmm. Whatever is in your middle drawer, move it to the top drawer. Mm -hmm. In your kitchen, okay, whatever is in the cupboards to the right (laughs) of your microwave, okay, move it to the cupboards to the left of your microwave. Now, it's going to make you crazy because you're going to (laughs) be... But it's that kind of novelty. That's learning. That's how the brain learns. It's something new. Right. Uh, Tonight, I mean, if you don't feel like changing everything around, excuse me, tonight when you go to brush your teeth, use the opposite hand. Yes. Left, right. How simple is that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Sorry. And finally, the last one, um, social. There are many things. And we have just about a minute left. Oh, sorry. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, join something. Mm -hmm. Get out there and talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to. Uh, Sign up for dance class. Uh, Something that takes you out of your normal routine and allows you to interact with different people. Sorry, that was that was a that's lot. okay. It was a lot, and I hope we can have you back because this is great information. Um, this is Dr. Marie Kay, and just quickly, uh, your website, thegreatmemorychallenge.com, correct? Yes, thegreatmemorychallenge.com. There's a lot of wonderful free things for you to download and enjoy. And I've downloaded a few, and they are very fun and very helpful. And as always, you can find me at drrebeccamd.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Rebecca, MD. This was a great show. Thank you so much, Dr. K. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. Yes. All right. And we'll see you all next week. Thank you for tuning in to Mastermind. Please join Dr. Rebecca for another show next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll talk again next week.